0: Hey, welcome to the Default Live podcast. I'm Corey, And I'm Chris. And this is our audio documentary of our journeys building profitable internet businesses. And so if this is your first time listening, you can learn more about us and get up to speed by starting at episode number one. But if you're a regular, welcome back. Tell me about last week, how
1: was it? Uh, let's see, last week it was a little bit of a short week. Uh, so four day week for me. We took off on Friday uh, and went up to Big Bear Lake. Oh, which was nice! Cold. Yeah, uh, neither my wife or I had been yet, so that was fun. But uh, you think, yeah, yeah, it was it was nice. I mean, weather was great. Um, we. <laughs> we posted afterwards. We we felt like we didn't do a whole lot. Uh I mean it was mostly hanging out in our Airbnb, which was nice. And mm, yeah uh did, you know, like a stroll around the lake with with the baby, but mm-hmm. it's uh yeah, we're like you know, we, we're still on his schedule, so um vacations are a little bit different now than than they used to be. But overall it was still right. still a great time.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I love big Bear was there last summer and uh, it, yeah, it's pretty chill. It's pretty, um, it's probably more of like a, a winter kind of spot, you know, with all this kind of ski resorts and stuff, but uh, still a beautiful area. Good to get away.
1: Yeah. It was funny too, because it, it felt like uh, both there and with the traffic and some of the reports I, I heard from back in San Diego that this past weekend was like the official reopening of... <laughs> you know, Southern California, it seems like everyone is, you know, the, the, the weather got warmer and everyone's out and about. And, uh, so that's mm-hmm. kind of exciting too.
0: Yeah. Super, super exciting. It's funny actually. Yeah. Because, uh, so I also had a long weekend, went up to Lake Tahoe left on Thursday, uh, to visit some friends and stay in a, they have a, a house pretty much on the lake in Lake Tahoe, which is really nice in a inclined village, in North Tahoe. And, um, the first day, Well, I guess like the next day when we got up there, uh, we went like grocery shopping to grab some things to eat, you know, at the house, and um, and we all grabbed our masks, put them on, started walking into the store, and then noticed that not a single person had a mask (laughs) on. We were like, "What is this place? Like this utopia?" It's and then so we took our masks off and realized like no one there was wearing a mask, and uh, it was pretty much you know back to normal. And now coming back, you know, I haven't been anywhere in San Diego since, but. I know the fifteenth is kind of like that date, and so I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to uh, to the next chapter. <laughs> it's been yeah, crazy, and it's it's yeah, warm too. I've been sweating all day in my office today.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, it was kind of 50-50 at the various places we went, um, both with uh, customers and also like you know staff and whatnot. It was it's kind of half and a half. So yeah, it'll be interesting yeah. to see. What ends, you know, if it's sort of like a gradual phase out or if, yeah, June 15th, suddenly every place is just no mask. I don't know. I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah, I think also it'll it'll depend on like the type of business. And there's some sort of, you know, certain rules for, you know, businesses and employees. And uh, like I I think most places will be sort of maskless or like mask optional besides like a lot of places will probably like require still like the, the workers of whatever that place is to, you know, take some precautions and stuff. But hopefully for normal people like you and me that, um, (laughs) we'll be able to uh, get back to some freedom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially with, you know, numbers are staying low. And,
0: uh, so it seems like things are looking pretty good. Yeah. It's about to get hot too. I love it. (laughs) Finally feeling like summer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. San Diego summer always starts later than uh, a lot of other places because May and June are usually cooler. So, Mm -hmm. yep, got those glooms. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. But yeah, work wise, as far as the week, uh, you know, whenever it's a shorter week, it always feels like, okay, now I'm behind on everything, (laughs) even though there's no there's no real definition of, you know, being behind or not, right? uh, right. Except except internally, so. yeah, I've been feeling that a little bit today, and I think in general, probably the last few weeks, but definitely last week, I, I, I definitely have a tendency to go through periods where I am really struggling with focus, uh, and, and I'm in one of those phases right now where I've got like three, four different sort of mini projects that have spun up, Mm. have not got one of them to completion yet. And once I get to that point like that, then I become aware of it and I, I start to get frustrated because, um, so just a, a, as a, you know, an example, uh, last week we we had a customer write in about um, the Jetboost search and how, uh, I believe they were, uh, they had a French website and they were saying how if you search for words with an accent over the characters, um, it might not find, Or basically if you had the accents or don't have the accents, like the search doesn't work for the the other case. Um, mm-hmm. And so basically they want the search to ignore the accents and um, totally makes sense. It's uh, uh, yeah, so I, I basically, I went down this rabbit hole of like, can we support this? Um, based on the search uh, service that we have and what will it take and all of this stuff. And, um, you know, so I spent like day and a half on that and found some promising answers, but like it's not ready to go live yet. And it it needs a little more research and testing and, and work to get it all the way there. Uh, and then another day I you know, Sarkis, who is like, I would say a top three Webflow power user. Uh, he he was tweeting about how annoying it is with the Webflow designer opening the drop dropdowns uh, because mm. you have to click on the dropdown, then you click on the settings tab, then you click the open menu button. Open, yeah. Yeah. And so I read this tweet and I was like, oh my gosh, that's like one of my biggest annoyances with Webflow, uh, with the designer, because my I'm God. always yeah i'm always using drop downs for filters um, uh-huh. that's right so so spent another day going down this rabbit hole of like can we make uh his idea was you double click the drop down to open it uh, in the designer mm-hmm. and i was like well maybe we can do this via mod kit the the chrome extension that we have for the designer um spent a day there it, it looked Fairly easy at first, and it worked. Like, you double-click, opens the drop-down. It feels super awesome. I'm, like, getting all excited to release this feature that took, like, 30 minutes to develop. And then, like, I start running into edge cases of, well, now the menu's kind of, like, stuck open in certain cases. And Mm. um, just, like, one after another of these different edge cases. Yeah, the last mile. Yeah. Um, So, you know, after spending the day on it and I was like, okay, this is as far as i want to take this right now. Cause this is like a huge side path distraction. Uh, so now that's on, that's sort of on hold and, uh, you know, and still had a f- couple other things that, that weren't finished from before last week. And so now I'm at this point where I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, I have done a lot, but not gotten anything over the finish line in that, never feels good. Mm, um, right. So yeah, just, just kind of frustrated with, with last week and the last couple of weeks and, um, needing to, to take a step back a little bit and, uh, sort of reassess these little different mini projects. And I think even more in general, like I have to be better about, okay, customer comes in with this problem. Uh yes it's something that we should look into but it doesn't need to be looked into like right the second uh even though the like the problem solver in me the the person who wants to like figure out the puzzle it's like now i want to go look at i want to go look at this i want to go look into it and see like can we do this this would be super cool you know to um to make the search better for non-english languages uh stuff like that. But I, I have to get better about tabling that, um, you know, put, putting it in the queue and uh, staying focused on the current priorities. So that's, yeah. uh, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at right now.
0: I feel you, man. Yep. Yeah, right there with you. The, I uh, mean, there's always this like tension of like, these these are the things I need to do. And that I also, I want to get done but there's also this other like group of things over here that I want to do right now just kind of for the fun of it or cause it's, I'm curious about it or cause I'm feeling right. motivated by it for whatever reason. Right. And you want to do both, but they're like always in conflict with each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's that, there's the tension too of like, it's so awesome when you can take a customer's problem, solve it, you know, within less than a day and be like, Hey, we support that now. Uh, and it's a lot easier to do that earlier on, uh, than, than later on. And so I still try to do that from time to time, but yeah, it's frustrating when, when something initially appears not that difficult. And then, like you said, getting it the last mile, um, is, is always where (laughs) most of the effort ends up being,
0: unfortunately. I know that's always so frustrating. I mean, I wouldn't know, like in, programming kind of development kind of stuff i can only imagine but i mean for most other things you know if you can just like tie the you know put the button on it and you know just like package it up and ship it like same day it's like super super gratifying but if you Mm -hmm. have to like wait on it then like the next time you try to go to it it's just like (laughs) blah it's not fun at all
1: yeah yeah that's so true too because then you've got to this is also something I've been trying to get better at is when I do leave something documenting exactly what all I've learned, where it's at, what needs to be done next. Uh, Because historically I've not been good at that. And then it's like, okay, next time you go back to it, now you've got to basically retrace a lot of the, your, your previous steps. Uh, So at least with, with uh, these projects from last week, I, been doing a little bit better on the documentation side but there is still yeah when you pick it up again like you said it's you're still
0: backtracking a little bit for those kinds of things though like kind of those rabbit holes and things that kind of just come up do you feel like you like get into flow really like easily and well or does it still kind of feel like you're like distracted and you're kind of like going back and forth between different things
1: Yeah. I think part of the problem is I do get in a flow easily with that. So then it, that's when I realize, like, Oh crap, I, I just spent, you know, the entire day on this or, uh, yeah. Or, or however long it is. Um, when maybe that's not what I should have been doing and probably not what I should have been doing. So
0: mm-hmm. yeah, that's also, yeah, I hate that. It's like, Oh, if I like, schedule this thing to do later and then I sit down and do it, it's like pulling teeth. But if I just like randomly start doing this random thing, <laughs> two hours, three <laughs> hours fly by. And I was just like, it's like done or it's almost done. I'm like, whoa, what the heck? Like, where'd that come from? Even today, I was I was planning on making just like a tiny tweak to my personal site. And then like an hour and a half later, I had like a whole bunch of updates and like new sections. And I was like, oh, well. That was a terrible use of time. <laughs> like kind of, I mean like I got it done and it was fun and I was in flow, but like yeah. it's not what I should have been doing. Yeah, totally.
1: A- at the same time like I'm a believer that action is better than no action, so yeah, especially if you're able to get something completely finished like that, it's like okay, maybe it wasn't the exact optimal use of your time, but it's still you know, better than I don't know, to being totally distracted and browsing Twitter or something like that. Uh, right. So, yeah, yeah. 100%. yeah. That I mean, yeah. That's that's basically where I'm at. Is is trying to reassess the the uh, <laughs> all, all what's the what's the saying like all the plates I'm spinning in the air right now um right I right I totally all, butchered the, that. <laughs> all the irons in the fire all the yeah uh, i
0: always butcher the analogies yeah yeah um get a couple of these do over the like, finish line yeah i was gonna say do you feel like you're able even though you feel like you didn't like deliver anything last week are they like close to like just like you know like a super productive this week this week to be able to you know get the last mile kind of stuff done and just push them over the finish line
1: I think so. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the main frustrating one that's hanging over my head is the, uh, what I talked about last time, the like script versioning, um, Mm -hmm. because I want to do that on a Saturday to try to mitigate some of the risk. Um, and obviously didn't do that last Saturday and wasn't able to get to it the Saturday before. So, um, so that's sort of going to be looming all week again and then try to do that this Saturday. Um, mm. There are uh, another project that's been in the air is there was someone who reached out and reported a couple of um, security issues and which is actually like, this is the second time it's happened. And it's super cool that these people like, I mean their whole thing is like they're trying to find security holes in companies and, uh, you know, get paid oh, out right. for that. Yeah. Um,
0: like a bug bounty. The kind of thing, yeah, right? it's
1: like a bug bounty. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they found a couple minor ones, uh, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing too serious. But again, it's like, okay, I would rather get these patched up than have them sitting there. Um, and one of them is, uh, so the rating scale of like s- severity uh, is like P1 to P5. And like P one is like, uh, and I'm probably you know I'm I'm not a security expert, but it's like you know your your server takeover or um, you know database takeover et cetera, uh, and the P five is like yeah you can live with these that's not ideal, uh, and so it's one I've been working on is P four it's it's needs to get fixed, but it's not like a crushing security issue, but it is taking me so long to, (laughs) to, uh, to mitigate this based on some of the technologies that Japanese uses. There's not an easy, like I'm sure if this was like rails, it would just be like, Oh yeah, you, you know, here's the, here's the way you do that. Um, but unfortunately there's no simple out of the box solution. And so Mm. it's, it's another one of those things where I've gone like two days down um on this issue. But yeah, that's the the security stuff that'll get shipped this week and then um a couple of the other things hopefully by the end of the week those will be shipped as well. And so yeah, to to answer your question, I do think this will be kind of a wrapping wrapping up week for some of that stuff, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Right.
0: Yeah. It's kinda funny um this kind of like sprints and ebbs and flows of productivity and no, kind of noticed that with uh with derek as well where he'll like mm. kind of just like you know be down in the trenches doing stuff for like two or three weeks and then like and, and then like the next week after all that time it'll be like every day there's like a big update <laughs> <It's> like, oh, <laughs> sweet you know like wow it's like super like seemingly unproductive for a long time and then like really really productive because you know there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes that. You don't get to talk about until it's actually done. Hmm. Yeah. Totally. That's cool. Yeah. Can't say the same about myself. There's uh, <laughs> still also a lot of irons in the fire for my for me and <laughs> things I'm juggling and things I can't make progress on. In fact, today I was I was hoping to be able to sort of like announce and give a sneak peek to one of the things I've been working on for a while, uh, but haven't gotten around to it yet maybe i'll be able to talk about it well yeah should be able to talk about it next week but uh it's a special kind of paid workshop that we're going to be doing for swive files in partnership with someone else who is very Mm. who's a great person and very prominent in the community and i will tell you afterwards but uh (laughs) glad or maybe you already know but um getting close to finally being able to talk about it ship it and um and start marketing it, which I'm really excited about. But it's been one of those things that's like been in the works for like two and a half months now, like here and there making tiny progress. And then like now finally kind of seeing it to fruition. Um, but I, I kind of a similar theme. I wrote down um, extended time slash projects of focus. And I think we talked about it a little bit last time, but I've just been over the weekend. I was thinking like, maybe I should really just carve out like weeks or even like a month to certain projects and then like be okay with like not being able to show any progress until like the end of that period you know and like kind of like giving like a deadline slash like time limit to it a little bit um i don't know if it's just maybe like us and kind of our little echo chamber but uh, i feel like there's very much you know like there's a whole like building public kind of stuff and um you know, wanting to share updates and what you're working on and all that stuff. And it kind of like ingrains this like, oh, I need to like have something to show for every day. But Mm. sometimes it doesn't always work that way. And sometimes maybe that kind of gets you in this habit of like doing tiny things just so you have something to show for. And um, maybe those aren't like the right things to work on. And I was thinking a little bit about, uh, I randomly started thinking about Harry Dry for marketing examples and how he announced that he's working on a course. And then like, haven't even heard from him in the last like two months. I'm like, dang, good for him. (laughs) Cause he's like actually (laughs) like going and like doing the work. Like, geez, I need to do Mm -hmm. the same thing. I need to just go heads down, not worry about, you know, tweeting for a while, not worry about this and that or the other for a while and just get heads down on some stuff. And, um, so I think the way I'll be able to do that is to kind of get ahead on a few things. I'm actually really ahead on podcast recording now for everything's marketing. So I have a queue like all the way through August, And um, I want to build a little bit of a queue for for Twitter and then kind of wrap up a couple of things like this special workshop and some of the virtual summits that I'm working on now, as we talked about last week, and then like really go heads down on some of the bigger things like new courses, uh, the brain for swipe files, and um, what was the other thing I was thinking about? Oh, and the tiny marketing ideas newsletter really, you know, kind of finish flesh that out and finish it and maybe create, you know, several months of, of content for people to subscribe through. And then I can kind of revisit it later. And I'd love to be able to have like a marketing idea a day. And then that's like the tiny marketing idea, tiny marketing ideas newsletter. But again, that's such a big, like I could like write one a day and then it take me a year, which I don't really want to do. <laughs> or I could just not, yeah. you know, work on it for like, two or three weeks and then like create a, a year's worth, you know what I mean? So those kind of things, like, I'm, I don't know. I think that's, that's maybe more of the productivity approach that I need to take for these kinds of big, big projects, especially having a lot of content, content is just hard to like chip away at. You really just have to like get in flow and, and knock it out. Um, so yeah. I've also been also been thinking about that. Yeah. It sounds like,
1: batching up the work versus trying to do a little bit of each one each
0: day um yeah exactly you know it goes back to the same stuff that like you know it you just don't do it it's like easier said than done and um i always come back i'm like dang like batching and time blocking are just like huge productivity hacks and uh if you can actually do it (laughs) it's amazing but it's just the actually doing it part that's hard yeah
1: yeah, it makes me think of when you, like, both the courses you put out, I mean, that was, like, all you worked on for however right. many weeks. Yeah. Uh, and and you were working like a madman, but <laughs> you, uh, you, you basically, like, set the deadline, and then you just went and
0: built the course. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's time to bring back the uh, public deadlines again. <laughs> Ugh, man, it's, like, so good, but so scary. I know. God maybe, maybe it's time. Let's think about that. Let's chew on it a little
1: bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> that's funny. You say that, uh, every once in a while when I, I haven't been committing to, to public deadlines like that, but if I start to feel like things are moving a little too slow or features taking a little too long to get out there, uh, I'll just start promising a a ship date to customers Mm. that have requested it. (laughs) Uh, And and so I might have to do that soon too.
0: Yeah. Or when you're like, if people just start asking about it, I think that's one of the things too, is it's kind of like this, you know, organic accountability system where you're like, Oh, I'd love to ship this this month or this day. And then that rolls around and people start asking about it. you're like, Oh my, okay. Now like the pressure's on, you know, like forces that, Productivity, a little bit of adrenaline, just like work through and, and focus. Right. Yeah. I had a couple, uh, sort of unrelated things, but I just thought it'd be interesting to talk about. Uh, so I spent, I asked for some Twitter recommendations for podcast episodes to listen to on all my hours of driving. So from, from San Diego to Lake Tahoe, Is about a ten-hour drive, not including stopping for gas or food or bathroom breaks. So all in all, you know, drove the past four days about twenty to twenty-two hours, (laughs) which was a lot. (laughs) And it was it was pretty brutal and pretty exhausting. It's actually a really easy and pretty fun drive. Like literally, I mean, from San Diego, you just go fifteen to three ninety-five. To, to the 50 and then you're out like Tahoe like it's just three roads the entire mm-hmm. way and um but I asked for some recommendations and uh one of them piqued my interest which was the Acquired podcast which I had listened to one or two episodes before but uh it wasn't like a regular listener and they had this series on Berkshire Hathaway that they just wrapped up it's a three-part series each episode is about three to three and a half hours long so I was like, perfect, this is exactly what I need for a road trip like this when I'm going to be in the car for so long. And, um, man, for first of all, I was thinking, I was like, Geez, this is just like an amazing like masterpiece of content because they really, really went in depth. But also just like a really fascinating look at how they do things, like what the model is, and um, maybe think a little bit about, I don't know, what we're doing too because uh, – there's just a couple of snippets in there. Like, um, uh, I hadn't really realized it, but, uh, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger with Berkshire Hathaway were like, I don't know, one of the, like, maybe one of the first like pioneers of like flywheels in business. And, uh, what's really, really apparent, I think it was like episode one or two in the series was to talk about how they kind of like realized that there was this flywheel between, using uh, basically buying operating companies for the cash flow and then using the cash flow and the float of certain types of companies like the insurance companies where, you know, basically you get all this revenue and then like, you don't really have to pay it out until three, four years later down the road when you have like the actual claim that you need to fulfill. And then they can use that to invest it and to basically make their money, make more money and to buy, you know, public companies, buy other private companies, which would then increase the cash flow and increase the float that they had and then mm. you know this virtuous cycle and i was like man that's amazing that one like they were able to figure that out it's just it's just like a genius you know business model and flywheel so maybe think a little bit about like a little bit more seriously about flywheels and like how to really engineer and think about okay like how do you is there like a you know uh, a similar version of that for I don't know, content-based businesses or SaaS businesses even. Um, and they're kind of are, but I'm still kind of noodling on that idea. Uh, one of the other things that was really interesting was that, uh, so there was this, this kind of paradigm shift where um, Warren Buffett had been like a disciple of uh, Benjamin Graham and like value-based investing. And it wasn't really like fundamental kind of analysis. And actually I, I more thought that like it was about just looking at you know the PL of a company and really understanding like you know is it and it, it is to a certain degree but like is it overvalued or undervalued based on cash flow is really what it is but around profit um, but actually what it was more about and what the kind of like secret sauce was more what they call like this um they call it like a c- cigar butt strategy where you're just like looking for like used cigar butts that have like one extra puff. And then like you get it for free or for really cheap and then you get that extra puff or two or three. And um, so they like the whole idea was to buy and invest in businesses that that they could sell just or they, they could recoup their costs just off of like the assets that the business owned. So like the hardware and the equipment and the cash on hand and the accounts receivable, like just based off of that could they buy a business not even on cash flow, but just based on that value. And then everything else was upside essentially. And then Mm. they shift more toward, so that like works for a while. And then it kind of stops working mainly because, uh, a lot of like a lot of people started building this like brand affinity and like the world starts changing a little bit more to be more like competitive. And then, uh, and then Charlie Munger comes in the picture. And instead of the old strategy being like, um, buying fair businesses at wonderful prices kind of that subscribe strategy to buying wonderful businesses at fair prices and this whole the whole part of the wonderful business one of the key big ingredients was brand and it goes back to like the seven powers and like power uh, uh competitive moats and analysis and warren buffett was a huge fan of brand and i was like dude warren Bar- warren buffett is a marketing genius like he understands <laughs> and they were all about like having these advantages with distribution and building partnerships. And that's why he, you know, would like buying up news newspapers and stuff like that. And, uh, anyways, it's a, I can't recommend it enough. It's an amazing series. If you have the chance to listen to, I would highly, highly recommend it.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely check that. Out. I, I was not aware of that podcast.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, the next time you have an extra 10 hours, um, <laughs> it's very <laughs> worth it. But, uh, yeah it was it was a good one but okay so that's also something to say that um i had been listening to it but i also was kind of in the frame of mind of investing because super random i don't know if i mentioned it before if i just messaged you um privately but uh i think i may be having my first uh angel be writing my first angel checks which is like super random and not something i like expected to do at all but uh uh, you know, had me in this mind, like I kind of listened to it also because I knew that these things were, you know, kind of pondering. I want to talk with my wife about them. I was just thinking about it and, uh, I think I will be. So I can't talk about the companies. I can talk to you afterward privately about it, but, um, it's had me, had me interested and had me, uh, kind of piqued my interest around this whole kind of dipping my toes into the world of investing as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think you mentioned that before,
0: but that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. I, I am curious yeah. to hear the full story there eventually.
0: Yeah, I know it's literally very, very random. Uh I think it's kind of the whole it's more like evidence for Twitter serendipity and um <laughs> and just like when you have some sort of audience platform, et cetera, like people find you and so it's exciting stuff. But uh, I'll be wading through that as well as another couple irons in the fire to uh to juggle <laughs> and try to push the finish line this month.
1: Yeah. That's a uh that's a good segue into a another topic I had actually. Oh, let's do it. Uh have you listened to the new season of the Mega Maker podcast?
0: Yes. I just started with uh Joshua Anderton, right?
1: Yep. And so yeah. Justin is investing in Joshua's business. Um which uh, sort of two points I want to mention. Number one is uh, when you were talking about the flywheels, it made me think of how uh, sort of in our circles, one common one is uh, founders eventually branching out into investing in other founders, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is, you know, exactly what Tyler Trinkus did uh, first starting Mapper, which was a SaaS business, then selling it and then starting Earnest, which is a bootstrapper investing. uh, And yeah, or there's the path of doing individual investments like Justin's doing, like you're starting to do, it sounds like. Uh, So I thought that was pretty interesting. And the other thing I found interesting listening to that podcast, I'm curious to hear what you think about this was, uh, Justin mentioned how, when he was, you know, working on Transistor in the beginning, trying to get it off the ground and I think even maybe before transistor, working on other stuff. He said he found what sustained him the whole way through was the Make a Maker community. I think it was around like six k a month uh, revenue. Mm. And he, he he and and maybe this was my interpretation, but it seemed like he had a little bit more of a, a negative view of the courses and some of the other content that he produced that that generated revenue at the time, but like the community was the backbone that kept him going throughout all the years um which you know since you've done you've got both a community and you've done courses and and other content as well uh i i definitely wonder if you know you have any thoughts on that
0: yeah i mean all of it <laughs> i uh <laughs> i love uh Justin. Been following him for a long time And I love watching what he's doing. And definitely I've taken some kind of inspiration modeling, trying to model and take some lessons learned from what he's been doing. And, um, yeah, I think it's really cool. I mean, I think that's the hard part is like, you, you see, like seeing Justin, like where he's at now, I'm like, oh man, like he's actually like done it. And like, I kind of, you know, I'm like trying to stay the course, trying to like do all the right things, you know, take all the lessons and then like keep plugging away. And hopefully, you know, maybe, um, you know, I think he was mentioning how he's like, he was like jealous of all these young people, kind of whippersnappers, <laughs> yeah. like he would call them building SaaS businesses because, you know, he basically, he didn't do it until later in life until, you know, late thirties. I think now he's 40. And, um, and so, you know, as me thinking like, yeah, I, mean, I want to be one of those whippersnappers and I want to be one of those people that, you know, gets to be able to do it a little bit earlier in life and set myself up for success, but it's still the, you know, so, Definitely. Swipe so files, community, courses, like that's there. That's the Launchpad business. You know, there's the next thing, there's other projects. Uh, you know, there's these tiny little angel checks um, and a tiny little bit of investing, dabbling here and there, scraping, you know, scraping by. I think the one big difference is, uh, as we talked about with, you know, kids last week, he talked a lot about that, just how it was just like a struggle and uh, constantly stressed. You know, thankfully I don't have that yet. And, um, you know, that's definitely, I thing I'm trying to be conscious of as well, just like doing as much as I can before that time comes. And, um, but yeah, I, I think it's really cool what he's doing. I was also curious, uh, just how they're approaching it too, because, um, you know, originally he was considering investing in Upscribe, but then as they talked through it, they kind of figured like it doesn't really make sense. And they're going to kind of like do like a separate thing, um, that could maybe eventually merge with Upscribe in some way or something or just be like its own separate entity. But they're also, I kind of admire it. Uh, but like, they're just going for it. Like, it's just like, okay, here's the idea. Let's like build out the MVP. And then like, this is it. And like, we'll like iterate along the way. But it was like, I was a little bit surprised how, (laughs) how quickly they landed (laughs) on an idea and they were just like, all right, we're doing it.
1: Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah the default to action, I guess. <laughs> find find out if it works or not. And if it doesn't, then try something else.
0: Yeah. That I think that was gonna be one of the other things I was gonna talk about with uh with Berkshire was um he uh weren't always acted well, Warren and Charlie. They like one of their like big advantages was I mean, obviously he was super smart and they did like a lot of homework, but then when it actually kind of came down to taking action they were always like the quickest and had like the most conviction. It wasn't like, Oh, let's make like this mm. little bet. And then like start, it was like, no, we're pouring $18 billion into Apple stock <laughs> just like, you know, tomorrow. <laughs> and it was like, you know, after a conversation last week, like, okay, this is the time we're going to do it. And, um, you know, some of this too is like, you know, there's a lot of talk around like validation and working out your idea and choosing the right. It's like, okay. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know. There's something to just having some conviction and just going for it, and just like building it out, and you know, knowing that you don't you don't have all the answers, but just going for it.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and I I'm, I might have said this before, but I always have such tremendous respect for uh, anyone who is building in public, you know, sharing their journey via podcast or blog or whatever when they're at the very beginning and have no idea if it's going to work or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Because that takes that takes a lot of courage. Like, I didn't do that with JetBoost. I didn't start sharing, uh, you know, from day one with, with zero customers. Uh, that would have been pretty terrifying, actually. So, yeah. Anyone who's just willing to go for it and, and go for
0: it in public, I, I have insane respect for. Yeah. Yeah, really. It, it takes a lot of... A lot of courage. I think also, um, you know, kudos to you, Justin and and Josh for uh, for also doing it sort of in public and kind of just, hey, here's mm-hmm. what we're doing. Also, like, it's, you know, probably scary for both of them. Like, what if it doesn't work out? Or I think Justin mm-hmm. also mentioned he was like, you know, at the end of this, we could like end up hating each other. And I was like, well, you know, <laughs> probably not going to happen. But also like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little bit scary. Like, what if it doesn't work out or what if it's not a good investment or what if, you know, I'm sure it's it's never as bad as you think it you know, will be, but for sure, like sharing stuff as you go is, is scary. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. That'll be a fun one to follow on though. I'm, I'm really excited uh, for both of them and also yeah. that they're doing it publicly so that we had the benefit of being able to, uh, to catch up and follow along live. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, anything else top of mind or, uh, any other tangents based on uh, based on those?
1: Well, we've got to talk about one more thing, which is yeah. the insanely awesome shout out you got on Twitter from Patrick Campbell, CEO of ProfitWell. <laughs> oh,
0: <yeah. laughs> that was very nice. Super, super generous. Yeah. I believe that you know the funny? tweet
1: was, uh, I think I've got it. It was uh, Corey Haynes is massively underrated in my book or something like that.
0: Yeah, I was like, I think Corey Haynes is underrated. I think it was. It was pretty simple. Yeah, yeah, super, super generous. Um, Massive respect for for Patrick and for ProfitWell, and uh, definitely a very generous shout-out as well. It's been interesting. This is a little bit, you know, I don't want to, like, move on from it, but just uh, little things like that around, like, giving, like, a shout-out or just, like, mentioning someone on Twitter actually do go a long way. And uh, mm-hmm. I can't like directly attribute it to that tweet. Cause there's been like a couple other small shout outs here and there, but like, I haven't really been super active the last like two weeks and yet I've gained like 700 followers. I think it's because mm. of those kind of mm-hmm. shout outs and that's huge. And uh, so massive kudos to them and to Patrick, especially for, uh, for the shout outs much appreciated. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, I found it, Interesting as he's, you know, obviously well-known and also just the fact that you were sort of previously competitors (laughs) when you were at Bear Metrics. So uh, that that I
0: think garners even more respect than. Yeah, big time. Yeah, that that is the interesting part I think is, um, you know, it's never been any like ill will. It's been like, you know, jabs here and there. I Personally, I don't have – never really had like a big – you know, dog in that fight. Um, and so, uh, I always tried to keep, you know, pretty level head and (laughs) in general, I think it's just not a good idea to like make enemies. And, um, and, uh, and I think honestly, Patrick has even been like the more kind of generous on that side. And, uh, so very thankful for his approach. And even when I left barometrics, he was one of the first people to say congrats. And, uh, he's always had big big respect for me and, um, you know, it's encouraging for the next thing I worked on. So, uh, you know, competitor kind of relationship is always interesting. I think as an employee, it's definitely a good thing to keep in mind because you never know what the relationship's mm. going to take or, you know, who that person really is, what's going on. You don't have like the whole picture. Uh, I think even who was it? It was, um, oh, it was Andrew Wilkinson. He went, he, I think it was on an appearance on the, my first million podcast. He was talking about, he had written this thread about how they sort of failed with uh flow, getflow.com. They're like, sort of like to do, you know, project management app and, uh, and how he was like super, super bullish on it. it, was pouring like millions of dollars into it. And then like got lunch with, uh, the Asana founder, who's like previously, I think at Facebook or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that guy was basically like, Hey, like massive respect for you. Love you. But like, you should join us. Cause like, we're going to crush you. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, no. And that was like a huge mistake because Son ended up becoming this giant company and doing the thing that he said that they would, but they never mm-hmm. had any ill will after that, I don't think. And so there's something to, um, you know, that mutual respect I think is really important. Yeah.
1: I think that's, I think that's another important quality as a founder is separating in, in like you said, even as an employee as well, as separating the business from like your personal self or life. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because I, I know... Uh, like, like with Jetboost, th- th- they aren't really direct competitors, at least not right now. Um, but like I know I've taken things a little bit too personally that were more just... Uh, you know, more things that had to do with jet boost, the business and the competitive landscape there. And, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, you can, you can still have relationships with people in, in the space, in the competitive field. Um, it, it doesn't have to be so life or death, even though it can like feel that way sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think that's probably something as you get farther along that, uh,
0: becomes easier to realize. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, in general, I think I'm, I'm more and more in the camp as I go on of like, don't, like, don't be petty. Don't make it too personal. Like, you know, like avoid conflict at all costs if you can, just because of like the optics doesn't really look good. Or it's not really productive, um, especially not at people. I think like, at, you know, companies or products, you can be a little bit more critical possibly, mm-hmm. but at people directly, you know, it's kind of like a icky kind of thing to, to experience and, and to witness from the outside looking in. Um, but I think also one of the th- things I realized too is that like, especially if you're a SaaS company, your competitor like can make a really great acquirer (laughs) and so you don't want to like destroy too much or all the goodwill in someone who could actually be a really good like exit later down the road um like there was there was that company a while back from uh, Ernest who got acquired pretty early on it was like enjoy hq Mm -hmm. and they got acquired by one of their competitors and like competitor acquisitions are like the strategic acquisitions they get the higher Mm -hmm. multiples and So, you know, you don't want to just like completely, uh, you know, cross that out with a list of options for yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. (laughs) Keep that in mind. Yeah, totally. And people leave and people move on and stuff happens Mm -hmm. and don't want to burn the bridges. I think that like the more relationships, good relationships you have, the better. The, the awkward part for me is, um, like from the outside of looking into other kind of dynamics is when there's like, you know, there's multiple people, or let's say there's two people that you both really admire and respect, but they don't like each other. (laughs) Like, what do you Mm -hmm. do in that scenario? Like, Mm -hmm. then you're kind of, it's kind of like being the kid, who's like parents are getting divorced and you have to go in court and like choose which one it's like, just like the worst, most awkward dynamic ever when like, you know, two people you really like are fighting and then like, yeah, you try to stay out of it and like somehow you get pulled in or you feel like you have to say something. just, you know, make, be friends with everyone. It's much better, (laughs) much more fun
1: that way. Oh man, that's so true. There's, yeah, I'm not going to go into who it is, but, there's like two people on Twitter that I keep seeing go back and forth and I'm a huge fan of both of them. And I'm just like, why, why? I I, I can't pick a side here. Just want you guys to all be friends.
0: I know. I think it's one of those things too, where if you, if you like actually met that person and you talked to them in person, or if you didn't have, like, there's just like random things that'll happen or misunderstandings. And like, if none of those things were there, then like they would be like best friends, but they're like almost too similar And then Mm -hmm. there's some sort of like rock in the middle. So now they're like forced against each other. But like in reality, they're like, you know, the same person believe the same things stand for the same things. But like, there's just like this, you know, unfortunate (laughs) situation that has pitted them against each other for some reason. (laughs) Yep. Totally. Yeah. Well, again, kudos and, uh, thanks to Patrick Campbell from profit. Well, appreciate the shout out and everyone else as well. Um, the Twitter serendipity. Really, really thankful. Yeah. Well, you've earned it. Awesome, man. Well, sorry, what were we going to say? I said, Well, you've earned it. Oh. <laughs> so, well, shall we wrap it there? Yeah, I think so. All righty. Well, we'll have as many of the mentions uh, in the show notes. And feel free to ask us a question as well. It's been a while since we had our last question, but there's a link in there. You can uh, use zip message. I think it's just zipmessage.com slash default dash alive, right? I think. Yep. And uh, you can write in a question. You can record a question on audio and or video, I think. Let it go directly to us. You can get a nice shout out on the podcast. And uh, so ask a question there and we'll see you in the next one.